You are listening to a Live City Church podcast, and we hope you'll experience Jesus today. We are excited to have you join our extended online church family. If you would like further information or wish to access more content, please connect with us on our Live City Church Facebook page or visit us at livecitychurch.com. Rubble to Riches. Oh, there it is. See? From Rubble to Riches. I told him it was about the Flintstones. And really it's about the restoration heart of God. So I have heard this song over and over. And it's not a worship song. It's a secular song. But there was this one portion. This one portion. Just these one, two, three, Ten words. And Freya Riding sings it, and it, it says, I'm going to build ca- castles from the rubble of your love. Now, the implication of the song is completely the opposite of what God like, just fully downloaded to me. And the first time I heard that, I'm going to build castles or castles from the rubble of your love. Have you ever felt that your heart was nothing but rubble? That there's been too much hurt in your life to trust others or to trust God? Or maybe you trust Him just enough to get by. Just enough. Oh yes, I'm going to say the prayer, but I still want to hold on to that stuff because I kind of like it. Meanwhile, more of a shanty than a castle. What I really love about this lyric was the visual implications of it. enough to make the king notice that he was in deep distress. And so he told the king that his beloved story was uh, city was destroyed and in ruins, Jerusalem. He asked permission to go and help build the city. And not only did the king give him permission, but he said, you can go and here's all the resources that you need. Take whatever you need. Like, like my stuff is your stuff. You have got my authority and all my resources at your disposal. And the king even gave him military troops, horsemen, even building materials. Everything that Nehemiah needed because his heart was so grieved and he needed to go back to his place. Along the way, news of Nehemiah's return became known to the enemies of Israel. And they vowed to stop Nehemiah and the Jews from rebuilding the city. So have you ever started out... On a journey, whatever it is, it might be your New Year's resolution. It might be, this year I'm going to fit into, I don't know, that pair of jeans that have been up on top of that cupboard for ages. This year, I'm going to journal every day. This year, I'm going to get up at five o'clock and I'm going to set aside time to pray. Well, I don't fit those jeans. I have been getting up. Um, have you ever started out to fix things in your life only to be thwarted before you even started, before you've even journaled or you might have just even started writing it? You might have just even whispered it in prayer. What 
One night, while everyone was sleeping, Nehemiah stole away to survey the city and determine everything that was necessary to do the work of rebuilding the walls. He then shared his plan. Sometimes we have to pull ourselves away and just really take stock of what it is we need to, you know, that needs to be changed or that needs to be taken away or, or things that need to be identified. Take a, you know, surveillance of what it is that you need to change in your life. But he didn't go, hey, guys, um, just uh, leave the door open because I'm going out now to survey everything. And he let everybody know. No, he didn't. He woke up when everyone was sleeping in the quiet of night and he took surveillance of what, need, what actually needed to be done, what repairs needed to be done. He then set various men and families in charge of different portions of the project. Instead of one large, big project where he was the foreman and trying to control everything, he broke the building efforts into small groups and men were put in charge of smaller portions of the wall. Each family built the portion of the wall that was closest to their house or their dwelling. And that, it just is so less overwhelming. Have you ever looked at... <laughs> everything you need to fix in your life and go, um, I'm done. That's too much. That's too much. <laughs> what you want us to do? What you want us to, what? Build a church? Right. Okay, no, that's too much. No, 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 no. Don't try to make everything at once. Just take it. Start, start in a small group. Start small. Just work on what is right in front of you at the time. You know, God's really great at showing you exactly what needs to be fixed when it needs to be fixed. Just a small portion. I'm telling you, if, if we as a family had everything laid out, what we needed to do to get to this point, we wouldn't be at this point. We would have gone, no, that is far too great. What? Move away from family? What? Move, what? No, 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 I can't do it. No, he took a little bit, little bit. He's like, yep, work on this bit. Okay, good, yep. I remember when we, <laughs> you know, you do these spiritual giftings tests over the years. And there was one year, you know, we always, like I would get teaching or music or um, prayer or intercession for Paul. And then one year we both did this test and we both got prophecy and we're like, that must be wrong, let's do it again. Because it wasn't the buzzword then, it was kind of like one of those, you know, that's what those other people did, airy fairies, all that sort of thing. And we did the test again, we both got prophecy and we're like, okay, after our initial, mm, say what now, we thought, well, maybe God's got this for us but we didn't know we weren't in a church that was you know discussing it or even looking into it and then we were at a leaders meeting and there the guest um, speaker prayed for the gift of prophecy he didn't know we'd had that conversation together our kids were tiny they were little god knows and then you know here we are prophecy <laughs> Yeah, we got this. We're handing it out like, no, God's handing it out. We are equipping you to be able to do it better. It's very quiet. 
Okay, good, good, good. Okay, so they're building the wall. They've taken their bit. They're building it really well. I wonder if there was a little bit of like, yeah. Do you see my engravings on my part of the wall? I think they would have known which was the Parditi one that would have been in the one that had like all the extra bits and all the fancy decorations, coffee stand. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, everyone wants to come to my wall. <laughs> so the project seemed to go well until it was about half complete and the enemy became more and more worried about the progress. Though the enemy is against your progress, he is worried about your progress. Though the enemy is against your progress, and we stop there. We go, oh, there's a devil. He's too hard. No, turning away. No, don't care about half the work that I've done. It can just stay there now, half finished. But he is against you because he's worried about your progress. A tunnel is darkest. The darkest point of a tunnel is right in the middle, halfway, because you're at the furthest point away from each direction of light. But you are halfway. Usually we go, oh, it's getting darker. It's getting darker. Oh, I don't think it can get any darker. Just as you start to push through, you start to see the light. They tried, the enemy tried to descend on Jerusalem secretly to fight. They weren't even like, yeah, we're going to attack you now. But Nehemiah and all of the inhabitants of Jerusalem prayed to God for safety. They prepared for battle. When the enemy saw that they were prepared, they backed off. When the enemy saw they were prepared, they didn't even have to fight. They didn't even have to meet each other to have words or those initial words to say, okay, who's got the biggest sword? When the enemy heard that they were prepared, the enemy backed off because they were prepared. See, in the midst, halfway through, because they were still prepared. Now, Nehemiah and the Israelites worked with a trowel in one hand and a sword in the other. Half were prepared for war while half continued the work of strengthening the walls necessary for the protection. They had each other's backs. Be prepared for the battle. Be aware that there is an enemy. Not wary, but aware that there is an enemy wanting you to fail. But they were prepared. Basically, well, the word says it. God tells us, resist the enemy and he will flee so you know when that bully is coming and trying to taunt you and confront you and going what you want to get up early and journal don't you love sleep don't you want to make that coffee first don't you want to do that oh look here's something that I binge watched on Netflix last night or Disney plus I'm really tired God resist just resist It's, it's so simple and yet we make so much, we take so much into it. We're trying to fight him, but he's like, oh, if they only knew that they had the sword in their hand, I would leave him alone. So we find, going down into chapter 5, that those people who had become rulers uh, in the demise of Jerusalem, they'd use their power to their own benefit. 
So even their own people were trying to rob them. We're trying to, you know, use their power for their own benefit. They were making them pay undue taxes and they were just really mean to their own people. But Nehemiah confronted them and he said, what are you doing? We're supposed to be standing together and you're letting, you know, like your own desires be the very thing that is stopping us from working together. And so the people appointed him governor. But because he was so focused on what God had asked him to do, the, the, the mission in front of him that God had given him to rebuild the wall, he did not even take the salary that was owed him as a governor. Even then, there was no distraction. See, what happens is we get caught up in the success. We start to feel like, oh, yeah, things are working. Yep, I'm getting a bit of a flow on. And then we start getting things that, you know, distract us. They're good, but then we're distracted by that because, yeah, we've earned this. We left our home. We've done this. We've done what you asked us to do, God. Like, surely you're blessing me. Yes, he is blessing you, but what's your focus? Keep your eye on what you need to do to rebuild. So this, the enemy still hasn't got it that, that um, Nehemiah is there to stay. The enemies are still trying to distract him. They requested an audience, we'd like to meet with you, but he wouldn't leave because the job was too important. He knew that their intentions were to distract Nehemiah from his task. He knew. They even started to falsely accuse him. Even when you're gaining success, the enemy will try to distract you through any means necessary. Lies, gossip, half-truths, false accusations, anything that will take your attention away. What? You're successful? No, you're not. You're still the same person. You've still got those faults. How? Why would God want you? Did God really say that about you? It happened all the way back in Eden. Not my Eden. Did God really say that? Uh Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He heard the enemy expected the people to tire, so he prayed that God would strengthen their hands to complete the task. And they did in 52 days. We need to stay in prayer. Like we're halfway through, halfway through the fast. Like I know that some of you are going... Oh, I'm just going to walk past Pizza Hut just to feel like, yep, yep, I'm good. Oh, I'm just going to have that marshmallow because I need the sugar. <laughs> Halfway through, guys, and today is about like praying for revival. The very thing that's going to like explode this church and this community is the very halfway point where we're like, oh, but I'm so hungry. Just one pizza pizza. Just one, I don't know, spoonful of yogurt. Whatever it is, whatever it is, you're at your halfway point. But it's halfway. 
okay? Halfway. Stay in prayer until the transformation is complete. Do not tire. Do not tire before you see your complete completion. As pastors and people have been in ministry for, feels like two minutes, but it's a lot longer. We see too many times that people like, yep, 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 pray for me, pray with me. Yep, I'm going to be accountable to you. And then, oh, you know what? I'm going to do something else now. Yeah, I'm not feeling that right now, so I'm going to leave. And can I tell you, like, that breaks our heart. It really does because we're with you on this journey. The amount of times, like, this charismatic, you know, 3P that's like, yeah, and he's like, what could I have done better? Maybe I didn't counsel them enough. Maybe, and it's like... They just gave up halfway through their journey. But we are with you. Like, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, nobody paces the floor. Well, I don't know of anybody else except what happens in my house, so I can't actually. But this pastor paces that floor for you guys. Paces the floor. A butterfly doesn't try to emerge from the cocoon until it's completely ready. Until everything it needs to be that butterfly is fully formed. But even after it is fully formed, it still needs to break out of the cocoon that was part of its process. It still needs to break out of the cocoon to realise its full potential And it has to break out of that cocoon by itself. In fact, it's in the breaking through of the cocoon. It's in its breakthrough that its wings fully develop so that it can fly. It's in the breakthrough that its wings fully develop so that it can fly. It's no good staying inside your cocoon, the very thing that helped you, the very thing that kept you warm while you were, you know, going through your process, at some point that is going to hinder you from flying. Just like the chick that breaks out of its egg. If you assist a chick, I did so much weird research, castles, chickens, (laughs) last night, yesterday. Just like the chick that breaks out of the egg, Do you know that if you assist the chicken, the baby chick, in hatching, you can actually cause it to have weakened legs? So your compassionate heart as like, you know, the chicken person, your, your heart to help them break out of that egg actually causes them deformity. And if you break the blood vessels in the shell, the thing that helped it to form, um if the blood vessels haven't had time to shut down, then this will cause the chick to bleed to death. See, we think we're helping. Sometimes, mm, sometimes we just have to do it on our own. Oh, but pastor, you went there for me. 
I was. I was interceding and praying for you. Yeah, but you weren't answering every single call and you didn't stop everything that you were doing because of me. And I really needed you. You needed, sometimes you just need to do it yourself. We will watch over you. We will do whatever it is that God's telling us to do to help in intercession. Sometimes you need your own breakthrough. I can't do it for somebody else. Or like the baby that's being birthed through the birth canal. As the mother's uterus contracts and squeezes down on the baby and every... Oh, sorry, Belinda. (laughs) It's a bit more real for her. You know, and every mother went, oh, yes, oh, yes. (laughs) Flashbacks, flashbacks. As the uterus contracts and squeezes on the baby... His chest is compressed that helps expel the fluid in his lungs that he needed to develop in the womb so that he can breathe. Without that process, without that pressure, without that, you know, I've just got to do it. I remember that moment very vividly when it was just, it's too hard. I can't do it. And I looked at the midwives and I looked at my husband I went I can't do it (laughs) but I had to you can't just stop you cannot just stop and go no I'm done now let's go home no but you know God's so kind (laughs) keeping it real is what I do it's what I do in that moment God was like it's not pain it's just pressure and I was like oh you know, in that moment of, you know, whatever is happening in that moment. There's not a lot of thought happening. You are just like, this is going to happen. But God said, it's just pressure. It's just pressure. You can do it. Like, okay. Yeah, I can. (laughs) Isn't anyone going to help me? And they're like, we're helping you, darling, but you just have to do it yourself. (laughs) Allow him to complete the work in you. Allow him to complete the work in you. You see, our job here, and well, I'm saying our, but you know, ultimately 3P and me by his side, our job is to equip you. Our job is to really listen to what God is saying. Hey guys, we really need this word spoken over the church. Our job is to equip. You know, nobody goes to the like armor dispensary and goes okay so thanks for that um thanks for that machine gun so you're going to go and come with me now and the guy's like no 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 I'm just giving it to you your job is to like be shown how to use it and then use it you see we we think about we know all of these illustrations and we go yeah soldier's not going to go and you know take the general with him onto the field by himself no There is an order to things. There is a training. There is an intentionality. But some point we have to break out of that cocoon ourselves so that we can fly. Another thing about castles, they generally took two to ten years to build. That's like imagine, you know, well, that's ten years. Like think about how quickly... You know, my baby girl was just a baby 10 years ago. And now 
She's not. I look at photos. You know, Facebook's great for that because it shows you, <laughs> it shows you your memories that you hadn't rem- like you'd forgotten about. I had one come up and it was eight years ago and it's 3P sitting with David as a little baby and we all went, oh, and his sisters went, why can't he be like that now? Because he's eight years old. But like the change from that baby to eight years old as that eight-year-old boy, who things that are funny to eight-year-old boys are really not funny, but you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you. You know, (laughs) but that's eight years. Imagine how long it takes you to build your house in that time. The enemy knows you're starting to build it. Nehemiah's wall took 52 days, but pretty much every other rubble to riches tale seems like it's a lifetime longer. Look back over your Five to ten year memories. Do you look the same? Are you? Do you look better? Are you like <laughs> this man? Never ages. I don't know what's. I think he's one of God's favorites because I feel like I look very different. He looks the same. So <laughs> just a little plug. No, typing notes. Okay. Castles took two to ten years to build. Most of our rubble to riches stories don't happen overnight because it's process, because it's time, because, you know, there's things that you need to push through. Like Joseph, it it was his lifetime. He was a kid. But think about this. This is what I've also been pondering on. The very thing that caused his demise the bragging about his dreams, I'm going to be Lord of all, I'm going to Lord over you, you're going to bow down to me. Imagine that, your kid brother, girls, your kid brother going, I had a dream, you're going to bow to me. What would you do? (laughs) Honestly, yeah. Get out of my face. And then give him a hug because we all love each other in our family. (laughs) You know, right? Think of the younger brother. He's the one going, "Uh, I had all these dreams and I've got this coat. Brag, 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 brag. The very thing that caused him his demise. His brothers were so sick of it. I wonder how long it had gone on before they were like, you know what? Let's just get rid of this little brother. But God gave him that dream. The very thing that caused him to get thrown in that well, sold, thrown in prison, this, that, and the other thing, a lifetime of stuff that happened to him. But it was that very thing that led his family and his brothers that set him on the path. It was the very thing, oh, I've got to word it right. The bragging about his dreams to his brothers and family was the very thing that set him on the path to their survival many years later. Like, how's that for a circle? It starts out with an annoying little brother that talks about he's going to, you know, he's just sharing his dream. I'm just sharing my dream. Leads him on the path to the position that he was in. If he was not in that position, 
if he was not in that position of authority over the grain, over all of the food and the rationing of that food, none of them would have survived. Your castle may take 52 days or it may take, may take longer. But this I know. He is taking your brokenness. What you think is just a pile of bricks. He's taking your rubble and he is restoring you. When you let him. Not if, when. When you let him. He's going to take the rubble of your life. And he's going to build that castle when we let him. Even when you feel like the enemy's throwing everything at you. Even when people are speaking about you behind your back and then you hear about it. Even when it seems like it's the darkest moment and you just can't go any further. He is restoring you. Not has, not will, is. We need to pray to be strengthened, that our hands and our mind will not tire. Protect yourself. Oh, here's something that you can do. Put on the armour of God. That's just that freebie there. So I've got a whole stack of scriptures that I just want to speak over you. And like any well-prepared teacher... You have a handout to take today. Yay. <laughs> and I want you to put these in your Bible or next to your Bible or I don't know. Some of us don't read paper Bibles anymore. Wherever you need to, bathroom, kitchen, wherever you need to. In front of fridge, computer, school, wherever, diary. This is all the scriptures that I'm going to speak over you. Ecclesiastes 3.11. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Lamentations 3.25-26. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Romans 8.28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. Psalm 37 verse 7, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not, do not fret over the one who's going more, who prospers in his way or over other people. Wait. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 9, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish. Lamentations 3 verse 25. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. He's building your castle. Let's get rid of the rubble. Well, what a great word. Let's give a hand. Let's thank the Lord for that word.
I'm still uh, getting my head over that loopholes thing. You know, we use that terminology. Oh, there's loopholes. You know, be careful to watch loopholes. I didn't realize loopholes are where the enemy shoots the arrow to take you down. So time to, sh to, sh to close loopholes over your life. That one really, really spoke to me. But here's another thought. It's interesting that Ezra w came with the first rush of exiles that came back to Jerusalem. They began to rebuild the walls, but the opposition was so great. They were being mocked that they were so discouraged. The Bible tells us, I think it was about 33 years, something like that, before Nehemiah came on the scene, and the walls were rebuilt in days. What, could, what took 33 years were built in days. most extraordinary thing that took place, simply because the people came together and they began to take responsibility for the walls in front of their house. So why don't we stand to our feet as we close? I want you to meditate on that this week. What are the loopholes over your life that the enemy keeps taking aim at and destroying you, taking you out? What are the things that you need to close off? And what are the things that you need to rebuild? For some of you, it's just shutting yourself up to those negative conversations where people are dragging you down. You should have done this. You could have done that. You know, you don't amount to anything. Shut those voices off. For some of you, it might mean just breaking off some relationships that you know are destructive in your lives. Well, I want to invite you just for a moment, if you could bow your heads with me and close your eyes. I want to pray over you for a second. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you. Lord, we thank you for your words which are strong and which are true. And that Jesus reminded us that those who hear the words of Jesus and do something about it and apply it to their lives are like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And when, not if, when the waves of trouble came, when the waves of life came and beat on that house, it stood firm. Father, I pray that we would be a church that are not just hearers of the word, but become doers of the word. And Father, I pray that for those right now who are wondering to themselves, is this word for me? Father, I pray that you would begin to expose the areas of their life where the enemy has taking aim and attacking them. That, Father, they begin to cry out to you and remind themselves of this word, that he who is who has done a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Jesus is doing a work in your life. In Jesus' name. So, Lord, do the work this week. Begin to open eyes. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining Life City Church. And we hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. If this ministry has made an impact on your life, we'd love to hear from you. Please drop us a line and share your story at thanks at lifecitychurch.com or email us your prayer needs at prayer at livecitychurch.com. We'd love to connect with you and hear more about your story. If you love the ministry of Live City Church, you can make a financial gift to help us spread the good news of Jesus by going to livecitychurch.com and clicking the giving tab. We hope today's message has spoken into your life and look forward to your next visit.